Or Elon what? Musk is gonna send me to Mars with a waifu. It's June 2nd, 2021. This is Rare Encounter, Encounter number 47. I've got my mind made up and my high heels on, and I do it all for grills. I'm Abel Kirby. And being consummately professional, I'm Cold Acid. And we've got the, the garble right in the middle of that. Woo, this is going to be a great episode. I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> yeah, so what, with this... Are you sure it was garble and just not me screwing up the pronunciation? Oh, yeah, we've got some codec. It sounds like codec to me, man. We got to write a song about how I hate and codec. I am a robot again. So what we need for this episode, we need to set up a safe word in case you get disconnected. Then you can say it and then I'll know that I have to pause the show. OK, so I think we could have um, mm. like baseball. So what happens is if you get disconnected, just say baseball and then I'll pause the show. Yes, because I would never speak of that sport. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I mean, I mean. The, the nearest the nearest major city to me has the only Canadian baseball team, right, in the MLB. Yeah. Uh, like, I, how could I ever talk about that sport? I mean, <laughs> if if the if the Jays are actually doing good, right? But then again, it's baseball. Fuck baseball. Oh, I like it. I like it. I still do. And uh, I was reading a little bit about Babe Ruth. Just offhand, uh, some of this, you know, he's uh, associated with the uh, with the New York Yankees, obviously, and and before that, the the Red Sox. He uh, got his they, first home run in Toronto. They uh, well, he has some history in Baltimore too. That's where he's from. Ooh. And so uh, it turns out, I, and I've learned this after I came here. It turns out, uh, you know, he was I wouldn't say trouble, but he was a troublemaker uh, as he was growing up. But they put him off into some school. Uh, and he 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 was the catcher on the baseball team, and he kind of learned to play. And he, he got really good at it, obviously, being Babe Ruth. <laughs> and uh, anyway, he he goes off and they wins his first World Series. And so the story goes is um, they uh, he takes the the money from that. He goes back to uh, the Baltimore uh, area in the city, and he buys a building with it. And sets up a bar inside it, and uh, so his dad runs the bar, and he lives upstairs with his wife, I think, and they uh, and they have some you know local Babe Ruth stuff around here just from that. And I think the the building's abandoned now, but it used to be there. And, uh, it's it it was a, a gentleman's club as as it was described. So I don't know if it was really a bar or what else was going on in there, but it's uh it the, the whole building has some history in it too. Well. Aside from Babe Ruth, I think his dad got in a bar fight, and he, the way he died was he actually died outside the bar one day that Babe Ruth owned. Jesus. Yeah. So he's like father, like son. They're both troublemakers. But speaking of bars, I did bring uh, a drink today. Maybe I'm not as uh, crazy oh? as Babe Ruth. But I brought... Um, I mentioned this to you uh, the other day, but I, I went out and got a bottle of gin a little while ago. And I'd been working on that. It's like a second job, you know, drinking gin. It's kind of like a job. You have to keep working at it because <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of rough. So what I have tonight is straight. And it's incredibly unpleasant. It's like it's like drinking. It's like drinking pine oil. Yeah, it's like I said, it's a job. And so tonight my job is um, straight Bombay Sapphire, <laughs> which I had a nip of before. But uh, I'm going to see if I can get through this little. I get like a finger of it now, so. Oh, and it's just as bad. That's the old Ginever. 
Yep. Yep. Me? I'm bringing something alcoholic today instead of uh, Haritos. Uh-huh. Ah, it's a nice pop. Nice pop. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Duntroon Cider House Standing Rock Premium Off-Dry Apple Cider from Duntroon, Ontario. Duntroon. Yeah, that's a nice sounded town. Does the uh, does it taste as good as the town sounds? Possibly better. Uh, I thought you were going to say baseball. You get me scared there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's a beast less accusation you could say i was uh i was stealing uh stealing a line there uh, right. i'm gonna play hardball yeah all right this is we're bad at this so we shouldn't do it anymore uh especially we, you, isn't that the point uh, i thought that was the whole point i thought the point of uh, of having topics was that we didn't have to have these lame uh, uh excuses for uh for banter on our show are um what do they call it? You're trying the, to fuck with us. It's the foreplay for the show, right? That's what we're in now, right? This is the foreplay. It's got everything. You yeah, know, we haven't we haven't gotten to the blow job of the show yet. Yeah, I'm holding. I'm gonna say baseball eventually. So, <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right, or think about it. <laughs> oh boy! So what have you been up to? Uh, I saw some. I saw some. Uh, some Lego was being constructed on your uh, on your. Uh, uh, no agenda uh, social. Yes, I have a beautiful medieval blacksmith shop now mm -hmm. sitting on my crafting table over in the other side of the room. Oh, yep. Yeah. It looks like it's got. And it took it took uh, it took two afternoon or two evenings to put it together. I did it. I started it off during Monday's hog story, and I finished it off yesterday after work. I like the tree, the little tree on the side with the what is that? A dog. There's a dog sticking its head out of the out of the like the <laughs> covering where the wood gets stored for the fires. But uh, yeah, there's a dog there. There's a archeress. There's the blacksmith himself, and there's a couple of soldiers with a cart. Yeah. Oh, the, I see the blacksmith. He's got the green vest on. He's got the uh, the green felt vest. That's the archeress. Oh wait. So where's the blacksmith? The blacksmith's oh, at the forge holding the hammer. I see him. Yeah, he blends in. He's got the uh, yeah anvil, yeah. The the lighting was not that was not that good for the shot. I have to admit, I was just trying to take quick shots that I could just throw right up onto NAS, and instead of like properly staging and lighting everything, this is cool. Because I'm a lazy bastard. What can I say? This is cool. I like uh, it's it's got all these different pieces. Some of them I've never seen before, like the um, you know the um, I guess the what you would call the shingles on the roof are like the flat tiles. Oh no, those are those are kind of those are those are those have been around for a while. It's it's like a two by two with a with a point on one side of it. Mm, it's like a little surfboard. And there's just loads of them. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the putting together the roof was probably the most time-consuming part of the whole build. This thing, this thing, pretty detailed. There's like over two thousand pieces in it. There's like fifteen different large bags of pieces, fourteen numbered, and one just containing a bunch of big plates. This is cool stuff. Little bricks. It's, it's got pretty a, cool. All the it details, wasn't. It yeah. wasn't that cheap after after tax and everything. It cost me like about three hundred Canadian. 
Well, I had a pretty uneventful uh, kind of. Uh, we had our uh, we had our so-called long weekend. Enjoy your long weekend, guys. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, the uh, the uh, the main event was my. Uh, I left my car lights on and my battery died, <laughs> and, I, and I had to go charge it. Good up. work. Yeah, there you go. Woo! I should get an applause for that. You know, as and uh, and so I had to go charge it up before I could do anything. And so, yeah, I know. And so I. Uh, I've got two complaints. One is that it seems like it would be trivial to fu- to to for the car to realize, hey, this light's been on for two and a half hours, and uh, no one's driving the car anywhere. Maybe I should turn it off. And it doesn't seem like there's any uh, switch like that. Or, you know, even if you wanted to leave the car, uh, you know, on running on the battery for that long, maybe you could even have a, just a switch or something, a setting where you could say, hey, you know, I want to run my battery down. But there's no option. There's no option if you my nags. Make so a even if I even if I put on the radio, even if I just put on the radio in mine and like keep everything else off, after a while it alerts me. Oh, gonna shut this down to save the battery. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, fuck you, car. I'm trying to listen to that. Well, they didn't have that. And when it they, does it anyway. They uh, they uh, they didn't have that when they uh, when they made my car. So. I had to, I ended up, I couldn't well, find how my... how old is uh, your car? Uh, it was 2010, so 2010. Yeah, mine's a 2014. Yeah. Yeah, well, and so besides that... Uh, 2014 Rogue Sport. Uh, that's right, you have the ro- the Rogue. You mentioned that one before. Mm. Other than that, I've been looking at some news stories and uh, did some light reading and uh, the uh, kind of... Cool stuff was coming across my desk with uh, with some some science topics. I don't know if we wanted to go into those much at all. Or uh, there's also some news. We were talking about doing a little more news on the show. Well, how about we start off with the uh, with the podcast report today, and then go into that uh, go into that news from there. Well, do we want to we want to start? I think we have an executive producer or something, whatever we call him today, don't we? Oh yes, that is what? very very true. What do we kick that one off? We do have an executive producer tonight. Yeah. Who is none other than Icy Grills Woo! from No Agenda Social. Yay! Yay! We thank have... you, Icy Grills. Yeah, thank you very who much. Who sent us 25 Scandinavian dollarettes. Uh-huh. Or as you might like to call them, Eskimo Eskimo coins. <laughs> yeah. Keep them in the lockbox lock in your igloo. Yeah. Did he, uh, did he send a note or, or anything else? Or is it just, here's some money, guys? Of... Shit, I should uh, I should double checked in my bank website because he sent it as a as a direct transfer to me hmm. because we've got this thing called called Interact e transfer here where if you've got a Canadian bank account and you're sending to somebody else with a Canadian bank account, you can just send money over this system essentially for free. Cool. Well, if there's a note, if there's a note, we'll read it on the show. Yeah. Uh, you can. I'd say yep. you can send it to we'll me, but I don't to. check my email either. So yeah, uh, if you hit me up on No, no Agenda Social, uh, Icy Grills, then uh, send me a DM or something. That is right, too. It would be in the email, wouldn't it? Do, 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 do. All right, well, you're looking for that. I'm going to do the podcast rundown. Interrupt me if you find it. We had uh, we had a couple things. I was listening yeah. to bowl, bowl After Bowl last night. <laughs> and that had, uh, you know, Dave uh, Dahl, Lorian, and Sir Spencer, Wolf from Kansas City, their uh, birthing stories and, and uh, all kinds of things which were uh, uh, 
uh, I guess, interesting to listen to, listen to as long as you're not eating, you know, ravioli or something. Uh, but that was fun. They had, uh, they had the call-in yeah. topic. Uh, I actually called in briefly on that one. And, uh, I also heard, you, you, here's why you should listen to that show, because you can hear the story of car blains getting uh, stuck in, um, stranded with only a couple dollars in her pocket, and, uh, and uh, she had to get out of the... Uh, the situation get a ride home with uh by winning a dancing contest I, I won't spoil exactly what goes on but it involved oil and booty shaking so go listen to bowl after bowl <laughs> that was funny i was laughing at that one. damn yeah that sounds that sounds like fun one to listen to <laughs> lots of i think it was uh lavender oil i think i don't know we'll we'll leave that for uh for them that's bowl after bowl um we had uh let's see hog story came around with episode 188 fat pumpkin and uh, I've been listening to that this today. I didn't get through it all, but I did see they have some news about a guest uh, tomorrow. Did you see that news? No, I didn't. Uh, it looks like they're going to have Larry from that Larry show, and I hope it's tomorrow. They'll correct me if it's Rug. Oh, yes. They announced that. I think they announced that last week, too, even, didn't they? Uh, I, I did hear. I did remember hearing something about Larry being on, on Thursday. <clears throat> yeah, that Larry show. The, um, That's going to be awesome. I had something to look forward to. Um, also, I had a, a little encounter with Nick the Rat. I've been enjoying. I've been out on my patio. I've been watching the nature, you know, because there's, you know, I'm waiting for my wait for my battery to charge up, and uh, so I'm watching watching the deer. I was watching the cat. Uh, there's a cat that hangs out outside. I was watching the cat watch the deer, mm -hmm. and then when I went outside this morning, I opened the door and I saw Nick the Rat left me a little gift. He came up to my door, oh, nice. and he pooped right on my patio, and then he peed, and then he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> and so I looked at Showing him. Showing you who's boss. That is it. That is a rat poop. That is a rat pee right next to it. So, thank you, Nick the Rat. Uh, I don't know if that counts as a uh, producership for Rare Encounter, but uh, I, I still thank you. No, I think I think it needs to be monetary to count it <laughs> towards producership. Uh, okay. A new rule, new rule. Uh, we didn't have anything from Grumpy Old Bands. G-O-B. The G-O-B. They took on, uh, they took a day off. No episode. Yes. So there's no tech news for anyone. Anyone who yep. wanted to get tech news? You can't get it? Sorry. No G-O-B. That's, that's what they think. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. What should we do about this situation? We don't have, uh, Grumpy Old Bands to do any tech news. We could well, do... I guess that means it's up to us to take care of the tech news. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, that was a good segue, right? Yeah, I think it was. Well, you sent me... Uh, you, <laughs> there's a couple throwaway ones. I mean, I went to... Uh, obviously, I got my tech news from the same place Darren O'Neill is, so I went to Bleeping Computer today, and I went down and, uh, and picked out a couple stories that I thought were interesting. And uh, the first one I yeah. saw was... Uh, I'm not going to go into any detail. I'm just going to read these off and so I can say that I did. <laughs> there is a, a zero-day exploit on WordPress. It was a WordPress plugin called Fancy Product Designer. And uh, it's a remote code execution bug that if you have this running on as a plug. Wow, on your I am so utterly unsurprised. Yeah, my God, I can't. A button in an Word? RCE in WordPress. In WordPress? Who does no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, who does thunk it? Right. I, Fuck. I, I have a vendetta. I don't like WordPress at all. Um, I don't run it on any of my sites. I don't want to run it, and it seems like such a kludge. It also does. About 10 years ago, I was trying to, I was playing around with it, and I realized that if you had an account with, um, 
WordPress, like uh, with a free WordPress account, and then there was some situation, I'm trying to remember the details, you could like log into someone else's WordPress um, with your credentials or uh, in, in without them talking back to WordPress, you know, the, the, the mothership. And somehow it, it gave me the impression that, oh, so wait a minute, now they have um, my WordPress hashed password and credentials from the other uh, word from other WordPress sites. I might have an account, even though they're unrelated, just because they're running the same piece of software. And I don't know if that was an edge case or just how it was configured in a bad way back then. But I did not like that. My uh, my password reset email, which I had not typed in uh, to this new site, um, turned out that it auto imported somehow. And uh, and so they sent me a password reset and it came to an email address that I didn't use anymore. Which it was weird. It was not the email address I was going to give them. And so, you know, it's it got me thinking, it's, wow, WordPress. Well, screw you. I don't, the, there's something fishy going on. I don't want anything to do with it. So, yeah, this is um, if you use this um, fancy product designer plugin, uh, you might want to think twice about it. And it it seems really lame, too. It's the the description of it is a plugin that offers the ability for customers to upload images and PDF files. Also, it up, upload PDF files from the general uh, from the internet to be added to products. I don't know. It sounds funky. The um, yeah, that yeah, just no. Friends don't let friends use WordPress for their blogs. Well, speaking of, here's a, here's another one I I liked, which is uh, WhatsApp has uh, made some statements about they've had this ongoing thing where. Uh, if you don't agree to let Facebook uh, spy on you, then uh, they're going to they said that they were going to discontinue parts or features on WhatsApp and, and basically as a way to um, cow people into doing what they want. And they uh, they came out with a statement uh, earlier, which said that uh, they agree to not limit users who won't share data with Facebook. And my reaction to that. Well, first, what's your reaction to that? Yeah. How long is this going to last? Uh, it's just until just until the regulators look the other way. Yeah. If you're using WhatsApp, then you deserve it. That's my, that's my my uh, if, you, if you're using anything that's been bought by Facebook, you deserve it. Yeah. You Like, you know, it's going to happen, right? They, they're just going to keep hitting hitting you uh, until you give in. Then what else? We had uh, yeah, fuck Facebook. I had uh, a little little Microsoft story um, that also came up. This is also from bleeping computer. They had. Do you know what Winget is? I know about it, but I haven't really used it. I'm, I'm much more of a chocolatey person myself. Aha! Uh-huh. I you listened obviously to Friday's episode of the old Benz. There might not have been one on Monday, but there was the one on Friday, and they did talk about both Winget and chocolatey on it. Yeah, and chocolatey is one that I've been using for a long time. I actually manage a number of packages that are on the public uh, chocolatey repository. Mm. And so I'm just more used to using it. All I know about Winget is that there's a is that there's repositories out there, but essentially all it's doing is like grabbing and installing MSIs from uh, from places. So the story I saw today which was about Winget, was about the fact that their uh, repo was flooded with a bunch of duplicate apps. There was some a bunch of bad pull requests. I don't know. Something happened on the uh, on the developer side of this, um, or the community side of this, or something, where people were double uploading, uh, you know, packages that already existed and it wasn't getting caught, and they were overwriting 
um, the metadata for packages that already existed with other crap. But it sounds like it's a big, you know, uh, it's a it's a big uh, mess that someone made. And uh, so it's that that was the story I saw today. It actually came out yesterday on bleepingcomputer.com. Yeah, looking at looking at this article, just I'm just giving a quick once over, and it sounds like. It sounds like a failure of process more than anything. Yeah. And so, yeah, they just do whatever you want. There was a bunch of the examples they gave were like video land where someone went in and they, they blew it away. They blew away all the uh, um, the manifest data for the VLC player with, with like garbage or incomplete information is what they said. So, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of... Well, I, I'm a fan of some package managers. I don't use Chocolatey, but I use narrow for for narrow use cases like if you use python there's a package manager for that you know if you're on uh, uh linux there's there's package managers i'll use for that and, it, and but for windows it it's well, never pretty much right. every, pretty much every programming language at this point has its own package manager for its packages every operating system has at least one package manager i mean for linux you've got you've got uh package or apt or whatever they want to call it and you've got rpm um there's homebrew for people using macs who don't want to bother with the app store uh, yeah i mean the app stores themselves are are pretty much package managers with cute interface on top so they're handling and on windows yeah you've got chocolatey you've got winget there's there's also like a package manager for PowerShell itself for PowerShell modules. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, there's a package manager these days for C++ that was created by the developer division at Microsoft that uh, that is also usable for by people who are using GCC or Clang or other C++ compilers, not necessarily Visual C++. Mm-hmm. There's NuGet if you're in the .NET environment, NPM, and Yarn, which is an alternate client to NPM for for Node and JavaScript stuff. And the list just goes on. I mean, yep. and there's good reason for it. I mean, having something that deals with your dependencies for you is a hell of a lot easier than having to manage your dependencies manually. I And I agree. And like I said, I use these things. Um, I don't use all of those that you mentioned, but I use some of them. And the the convenience is, is incredible. Like if you need to set up a new, say, you know, I do a lot of Python coding now. And if you need to set up a new workstation, oh, like there's, I had to, you know. There's more to it than just convenience. Uh, with, some, with some things, and... And uh, both Python and Ruby are ones where I'll call this out. Actually, organizing things to be usable as like packages or components can be esoteric at times. And having a package manager, which makes sure that everything goes into proper places in the file system, or that registries are updated, etc. Right? Yep. It's just. It just just so so much e- like so easy to fuck things up oh, yeah. sometimes unless you have a package manager that takes care of all that for you. That was the the Windows news is uh, their package is soggy. I guess Windows package is soggy. Well, we had another Microsoft yeah. story. You sent me about a minute before the uh, before I sat down uh, or before I left uh, work. It was you want to take this one? 
Sure, but it's more a non-story than anything. It's just saying that Microsoft, at the end of June, is going to be saying what's coming in the next uh, the next generation or next version of Windows. And there's no... Like, I found the article, and there's no real meat to it, despite how long it is and who actually wrote the article. And it's, it's essentially it's essentially saying that Hey, we're going to be we're going to be getting rounded corners and a new start <laughs> menu based on what uh, what Satoshi Nutella said at Build <laughs> uh, last week. Yeah, they had um... yeah Satya Nadella, but I mean, you put that in your notes, and I was like, yes, we have to use this. That's, just... That is such a great uh, alternate name for for Satya. I uh, I was Satoshi gonna, uh... Nutella. Satoshi sounds Nutella. delicious. In Bitcoiny, mm. yeah. So, it, but anyway, usually, yeah. So June twenty fourth, they're going to be doing a, they're going to be doing a big announcement for the successor to Windows ten. Apparently, whether it's going to be Windows without a number or Windows eleven or Windows ten point one or who knows. Nobody really has any details. There's just a bunch of. Uh, there's just a bunch of like wonks, Windows wonks, who are saying like, "Oh, it could be this, it could be that." We don't really know, but hey, come read our article and click our links. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to, look. We're a podcast called Acid. What we gotta do is wildly speculate on what this means and what what does this mean for Windows? What does this mean for uh, what are they doing? And we, we and you know make stupid predictions that are absolutely retarded. That kind of thing. That's what we're supposed to do. I thought that's what all podcasts did. We're getting a we're getting a new Windows headset. A new Windows forget, headset. Forget things like the like the full on VR headset. We're getting Windows in a glass patch that goes over your eye. And you can't log in unless the Connect is plugged in too. That's my prediction. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what about local account? <laughs> they want to get rid of local accounts. We know that. They want to have everyone. They've been trying to get Microsoft. rid of local account forever, but it's never going to happen. It is. They will not be able to do that. Are they going to bring back the RT? Store? Because if they do, <laughs> you can buy RT uh, versions of all the apps. <laughs> well, with Windows 10 S, maybe. I mean, that's assen- that's essentially Windows on ARM again. Windows on ARM again. Yeah. So this. Well, was... that's what Windows R- That's what Windows RT was. It was Windows built for. ARM processors and without the Win32 subsystem. Yeah, that was, or at least only as much as was necessary to run the to run the new style apps. That that was such a that was such a crappy move because re- remember when they launched the first Surface? Um, they had two ver- they had the Surface and then they had the Surface Pro, and I think the difference was that one of them had an ARM uh, the non-Pro version, if I recall right, didn't have a um um you know, X86 compatible or 64 compatible processor. They had, you know, an ARM processor or something. And so you could run apps, but you could only run apps from the Windows store. They had, and and so you couldn't do anything. It was completely useless. It was a brick. And so they they wised up and stopped doing that after a while. But, oh, man. After, after, after a while, yeah, but... I mean, I I understood the, the direction they were thinking. I just, I just think that they, like, completely fucked up with it uh how apple's transferring over to arm 
is a lot better what with Rosetta 2 so that you can still run like the Mac Intel apps on on one of their M2 based systems because it it provides a uh, it provides like a JIT emulation layer for x86 code on top of the ARM uh, instruction set. Had Microsoft done that with Windows RT so that you could run x86 desktop apps on it then we might have been we might have been like completely moved over to arm in the windows environment by now yeah it sounded like was it was it ryan bemrose was telling a story once about how they uh it, it wasn't necessarily about the processor but it was about the um about the windows store and what would be allowed inside there it's actually adjacent to the package manager discussion we had now they had it set up and you could you could do anything you wanted. They, I don't know exactly how you described it, but it sounded like they, they changed direction. They said, "No, you're only going to have Windows RT, you know, kinds of stuff in the store." Right when they were going to launch it, and like they, they had the technology to to art uh, in the code base. Originally, yeah. originally the the store only could ship RT or otherwise uh, new Windows UI apps. It wasn't until much later in the like midlife for Windows 8.1 that you could get desktop or command line apps through it. And even then, there were hoops you had to jump through, not just technologically, but also just for approval and stuff. It wasn't until Windows 10 that it was actually smoothed out that you could actually release regular desktop apps through the window. Mm. You know, this is all making me think, um, this was all happening like in 2012, you know, 2011. So whatever happened to Steven Sanofsky, remember that guy? He was, a, I don't know what happened with him. He, um, he, but yeah, I, I remember him. He got canned from Microsoft and it was like the same day who left Apple, like the, the same week as like Johnny Ives or something like that. Got laid off or something. I don't know. It was funny. They both, they both went off at the same time and were never heard from again. I am now actually typing in his name to look this up because you've got me curious. Yeah, what happened to Steven Sanofsky? What has happened to Steve Sanofsky? Because he left right after um, he was he was brought in to fix Vista, and he came he gave us Windows Seven. Is the is what the holy book says? The uh, which was a, a lot better than Vista. I gotta admit. Sometime around Windows Eight, uh, they uh, they canned him. Until his departure on November 13, 2012. Okay. Currently a board partner at Anderson Horowitz. Uh-oh. Anderson Horowitz. Does he have a podcast? Anderson Horowitz. Anderson Horowitz Unplugged? No. <laughs> Founded by Mark Anderson and Ben Horowitz. Hmm. Nothing to do nothing to do with uh with the Horowitz we know and love. Ah uh, well. But well, yes, to do with the guy who brought us Netscape. Well, we had... Uh, yeah, looking at this, yeah, he he headed up the development of Windows 7. He of, worked on Windows 8, and then, yeah, left Microsoft on December 31st, 2012, described by both parties as a mutual decision, but widely seen externally as the result of a power struggle or friction between himself and Steve Ballmer. 
Uh, get a lot so of. So I guess they start throwing chairs at each other in Balm One. Yeah, a lot of friction between those two. What a lot of static charge being built up. <laughs> we had um, yeah. one more story. I put this up further at the top. Um, this was not. It, it's sort of a tech story. I don't know. It it's a tech company, so so it counts. But this was the DoorDash story. Uh, did you hear about this one where they had uh, you know, DoorDash, the delivery guys app. Uh, they had a um. Where you can yeah. order a pizza, but instead of getting it delivered by the pizza place, you get it delivered by DoorDash, by an app. Um, they had a cleric, quote-unquote clerical error uh, with a bunch of their drivers, a bunch of their deliverators, had uh, extra money deposited into their account, and then some, some people, of them did. Some of them had extra money withdrawn from their account uh, without them being without it, it being explained why and without any warning. And so we had a uh, quote from uh, from an article where he's, he's a driver, I suppose, says, my jaw dropped when I saw over three thousand dollars in my account, said a DoorDash driver from Northern California who thought the company. Now, this might this might tell you, uh, I don't know, it might reflect poorly on him, but it says a DoorDash driver from Northern California who thought the company may be giving him back pay. Let me answer that right now. <laughs> that is not happening. That is not going to happen. Okay, okay. I'm not going to. I'm not going to knock the guy for that, but that is like hopelessly optimistic. Yeah, it is hopelessly optimistic. Uh, then they now have- let me read the quote that you grabbed from the other article that you that you threw in here. You cannot transfer. Because you currently owe negative $6,339.32. Red message displayed by the app. DoorDash deliverers, which the company does not classify as employees, vented their frustration with the situation online. We aren't employees to DoorDash, wrote one member of the Reddit forum. We're official slaves to them. Yeah. That's... I don't know what's worse, getting a fake statement that says you owe someone $6,000 or it being delivered by an app. That might be the worst part. It's not like a letter. You For know? me, the worst the worst part is that you have a double negative there. How do you owe negative money? Doesn't that mean that that the, dr- the driver was owed that instead? I suppose so. Right? You like, that's, that's fucked up. You can't owe negative money gonna send you some ne- it's that deflationary spending you know we're gonna print negative dollar bills and uh, hand them out to people some unfortunate people are gonna get those you know you know God. well it's, you know debt's an asset you can inherit debt <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that what happened to what wasn't that what happened to faye valentine in the cowboy bebop she comes out of uh she comes out of cryo sleep and they 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 find her and says, oh, yeah, here, sign here. You get to inherit all this stuff. And she signs it and she inherits, like, a, uh, a just inherits debts. She inherits billions of woolongs of debt that <laughs> she could ever pay it off. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, After all, debt's an asset. Maybe. <laughs> Said the guy. Yeah, but it's not your asset. Yeah. That's the problem. So this is... Someone else's asset. I put a picture of the asset in question here, which is Tony Zhu, uh, CEO and co-founder of at DoorDash. And he hasn't posted anything on Twitter or made a statement, but that's what he looks like. In case you were wondering. I wasn't wasn't thinking of throwing that in there. 
I think I think if people want to see what he looks like, they can just look him up them look him up themselves. Yeah, carefully, Mike. Try and charge. My bet you. is that it actually is some sort of clerical fuck up that happened. Oh, I'm sure and it is. That it's probably been it's probably been reversed by now. But yeah, it, it does not help them. It either it doesn't help them with their PR at all. That's for sure because I mean. Everybody, everybody knows like how shitty it is working in the gig economy. Even people like us who don't. And something like this just says, "Oh, hey, we are incompetent at even making sure our pseudo slaves get their pseudo slave pennies." Yeah. Right? It, it does not. It does not look good on them at all. No matter, no matter how you look at it, even fixed up, it's just the fact that it's this big a mistake and got. And got this much coverage, right? It's like you done fucked up. All of these Silicon Valley companies seem to like they're run by assholes, and they're run as if they are asshole incarnate. Um, DoorDash had that. They're not necessarily run by assholes, but they're they're definitely run by incompetent people who think think that they are better at doing shit than they actually are. They they had a scam where they were there, there, there's a term for that sort of for that sort of person. It's it's not asshole, but these people who these people who are incompetent and don't recognize it and think that they're actually really good. If you steal tips from your employees at a restaurant, you're an asshole. If you do it on a national scale, you're a super asshole. I don't give them a pass for that. Okay, yes, that is true. Yeah, that that is being an asshole. But I'm saying in general, all this like all this like everything app sort of shit where hey we're gonna make you an app where you can do this and you can do that and you can do the other thing and we're gonna change the world and butterflies and unicorns are gonna come out of our assholes right <laughs> these people this is how these people think and they're not necessarily assholes they're just overly and a lot of them are just overly optimistic retards cards with more money than common sense well and did i just give us our did i just give us our opening for tonight's show it may or may not have because uh you got codec you got baseballed fuck unfortunately okay where did i get baseballed from uh you got baseballed from uh, right in the middle of your rant <laughs> you've been getting baseballed all night fuck. hey you know there's worse place Fucking to be baseballed. Internet. There's worse place I, to be baseballed than Rare Encounter. That's true. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to yell at my ISP tomorrow, I guess, because this. Yeah, this is getting untenable, and it's not even their fault. My ISP is just a reseller. The fault's with Bell Canada, and them having like shitty old copper that probably hasn't been uh, even checked in like thirty fucking years when they built the fucking neighborhood. And it's like 12 kilometers or like, what's that, like eight or nine miles to the D-slam from here. Mm -hmm. So it's like slow, it's slow as fuck. There's no, there's no fiber around here. It doesn't look like there's going to be fiber around here for several years. And even when there is, it's a crapshoot of whether or not it'll be available to me through my current ISP or if I have to pay like right out the ass in order to have like the lowest tier fiber service from Bell and not have any of the 
useful shit that I have through my ISP, like my static IP address and other things that make it a lot easier for me to actually manage my network and my internet connection itself. Yeah. So, I love you, Tex Avi. Fuck you, Bell Canada, you yeah. cocksuckers. <laughs> yeah, that's a running trend. Even here, I have Comcast. I, I've complained before, even though I'm, it's not that bad. Um, they, they still advertise Comcast. a bunch of rates. Yeah, they still advertise rates that you never get. And it's still infuriating, even after a decade of them doing this. Everyone knows they do it, but they, uh, they just get away with it forever. When, uh, I was living, when I was living in my previous place... I was half a kilometer from the D-Slam. I had, like, my connection was normally faster than what I was actually paying for. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> It'd be nice if it happened down here. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. I'm missing that last place I had with we had but Here, it's like, am, am I going to have the mortgage paid off before I get fiber around here? It, it, it's quite possible gonna need to have wait we talked about this elon musk is gonna save the day elon musk is gonna save rear encounter i finished my gin i got a poor elon boy. musk is gonna send me to mars with a waifu and there we go which might actually be saving rare encounter <laughs> i was talking with someone about fiber and and free space uh links uh oh geez it was a little while ago now but um they were under the wrong impression that uh that uh Free space link is always worse. If you could run fiber somewhere, why wouldn't you just do it instead of having a uh, instead of having a direct uh, like a radio link or something like that or free space optical link? Um, I told him no, no. If you go work on your link budgets. Go do a link budget. You'll find out there's a distance, and it, it, the, what that distance is depends on you know what wavelength you're at and all all this other stuff and how much you're willing to pay that kind of thing. But no, it's it's uh, for long yeah. distances. You want to be on a radio. If you think about like fiber attenuation is I don't know what it is like a one dog biscuit a mile is something like that so that kind of limits how many miles can you make a fi single mode fiber run well okay you could do two or three how, how does how does light attenuate in a glass in a glass rod because the silica in there actually does um, it's not lossless. So, um, first off, not all of the wave is contained in the glass rod. Some of it goes outside the cladding, um, and you can't deal with that. There's also, there's other things, uh, like splicing losses, like you're going to lose a 10th dB from the fact that if you have to put two pieces together or whatever. But let's ignore that for a second. But just the, if you blast a bunch of photons in, into it, not all of them make it to the other side. And that's just a property of the material in there. Even a, you know, uh, even a perfect crystal at room temperature still is imperfections, a quote-unquote per perfect crystal. And so there's always something inside there that's going to attenuate it a little bit. And what that means is okay. if, you, if you want to do a, a radio link to, like, Mars, okay, if you have a dB per mile and you have to go 33, what is it, uh, 33 million miles away or something like that? Uh, I always get my orders of magnitude on something that. Something like that. Yeah. Okay, well, now, now how many dB down are you by the end of it? Uh, a lot. Like so much that it's that it's impossible to do. But if you have a uh, radio link, yeah, you could do that shit. You know, you can have if you tried to run fiber to the moon. You know, you'd never get a photon to come out of the other end of the, the strand. But if you, I think if you tried running moon, fiber to the moon, you'd have bigger problems than just establishing link. The Earth can finally hang itself the way it always wanted to. Uh, <laughs> the, 
but if you and so you'd be like oh i need megawatts just to get just to get a trickle of energy out the other side of this thing it's so long but if you had um they had an argon laser they shot at uh they shot at a probe that was going around the moon back in like the 60s it was it was a couple watts and they picked it up at the uh on the probe you know so it's like what do i need i could either do megawatts or i could have just a laser with a from a from a meter aperture that it, it, I put like two watts into it, it works. It's so much better uh, at some distance. It, it makes a lot more sense to do a radio or free space. And there's there's your able Kirby uh, writes about uh, propagation, wave propagation. So when are you doing your next science podcast episode? I started writing it and I started doing research, but I'm trying to get music done first. I've shifted all the music stuff I'm working on to okay. higher priority. And so I'm recording and mixing and trying to get, you know, other stuff happening. And we, I, wait for drums. I need those drums, man. You know who you are. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's it, it's coming. It's definitely coming. I think I'm doing six episodes. All still. right. It's going to be six episodes. The whole thing is only going to be six episodes. And uh, the first one's done. I'm going to do the second, and and maybe we'll build to a kind of four topics at the end that'll be kind of cool. Uh, yeah. But I did see. Um, All right. If you want to keep on the science, I don't know. I've been talking for a lot. Do you want to jump in and do a story, or I have something about lumens testing? It's just a little heads up. Yeah, I want. I want. I've got some other. I got some other stuff to bring in. So I yeah, would like to have the helm. Introduce you while there's still time to the Nakagin Tower. In Tokyo, Japan. The who's what? The Nakagin Capsule Tower. Capsule Tower. And unfortunately, I have disconnected from IRC, so... Uh-oh. I might just have to send you this. We might have a baseball situation, folks. We might have a no, baseball No, I actually situation. even closed the uh, KV Irk because I was a retard. Uh, Why is this link not working now? Hmm. Hello? Hmm. Hello? Hello, hello. But anyway, I got, I got there's this like really cyberpunk it. look. Yeah, I got it. This thing looks cyberpunk as fuck, right? Okay, goodbye to the future. The last days of Tokyo's Nakigen Capsule Tower, designed by yep. architect In Ginza. Yeah, it's uh oh geez, yeah. It looks like that. <laughs> what is that movie where they're inside the cube? Cube? Uh, yeah, that one. It looks. It reminds me of that. <laughs> but yeah this is like this is like a really weird looking building and how it was built is was pretty interesting itself so they pretty much drove a bunch of piles into the ground and made these prefab concrete containers that they bolted to that they bolted to the frames and each one of them is like a living and working space Oh my god. It's like it has a submarine kind of port, like a ship porthole that opens. I'm looking at the picture. It's got a telephone the built in the wall. That's the window, and it only opens on the inside. You can't you can't open the outside, just the inside. So what's the point of opening it? If it doesn't open, it opens. So it's a piece of glass. You could open it and look at the other piece of glass behind it. You can, Is that it? I guess. Do I understand this correctly? Oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear. I guess you could fill it with water and make it a fish tank. So, you I, maybe. <laughs> just seal it up. You put a gasket. Now, each of 
each of these capsules, each of these capsules is held to the rest of the structure with only two retaining bolts. Oh, oh no. That does not sound safe. And there's six, there's six inches between each capsule. So to actually get at those retaining bolts so you could remove one of the capsules and replace it would be next to impossible. Oh, dear. The water pipes run through the units to other units. So the whole the whole thing is like is like a really bad Lego project gone wrong. It has like But hey, it's avant-garde. It's the future as they saw it in the 60s and the 70s. The the console inside this, I suppose the living room does look like a Lego control panel. Like it's it that's what it looks yes, like. Yes, yes it does. It looks like one of those two two nipple control panels. Is that what they call it on Lego? The nipple? And did you you see the picture with the writing desk? That folds down from the wall. Oh, yeah. Wow. That folds down from the wall, and then you have, a, I yeah. guess, a desk. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Notice just, something else. There, next, next to that console, so you've got, you've got like this, uh, you've got this reel-to-reel -reel system and, and stereo unit, right? And yeah. then you've Actually, the whole thing, I think, is like one big stereo unit. Part of it's the reel-to-reel, -reel, and part of it's radio and stuff. And then you've got a goddamn rotary phone <laughs> yeah. next to it. <laughs> oh, man. So what's happening to this place? They've given up on it? Is it the retaining bolts? They, they are going to be them? tearing it down. Ah, oh, dear. That two retaining the, bolts the is thing is, me, like the, the place, the place has been The place has been falling apart. Because it's been next to impossible to properly maintain the place. And and now the remaining people who still own units there agreed with the with the property owner that yeah, let's just tear it down and you can build some new homes instead. Or some new condo, I suppose. Yep. Man. It just reminds me of there was a yeah. local story in Boston with with giant cement things falling uh, that were held only by some bolts. They had uh, it was a big dig story back at the big dig in Boston. They had all these problems. They had first they had the guardrails that would kill you if you drove into them. Uh, they called them the Ginsu guardrails, but they also had the um, w w they had this big tunnel. You know, and the the big dig is I'm not going to go into what it is now, but it was a big boondoggle project that took forever. It was a massively over budget and uh, and uh, took way longer than it should have. But anyway, it as was they a were government building construction it, project. What else? What else do you need to say? They had uh, they had these giant cement blocks on the ceiling, which were the top of the tunnel, and they were supposed they were held in by a couple bolts. And then what ha what happened was when they're constructing them, they didn't epoxy the bolts. You know, they didn't put the lock. I'm going to say Loctite, but it's not. I'm sure it's not actually Loctite. Um, they didn't put it on when they when they put them up, and so they put the tunnels. Great, people are running through, and then the blocks started falling off the ceiling and onto cars that were driving by, and they like killed people. Oh Christ! Yeah, and so when you said it's held in by two bolts, I said, uh, that doesn't sound safe to me. I like single pour. You know, that's no, how I like it, my, my concrete single but if pour. But if the bolts weren't good, if the bolts weren't good, and they or they weren't properly put in then I'm pretty sure those buildings would be having more than a few empty spots where the capsule should be. Mm. Mm. So the guy who designed this, who designed this building, 
Kisho Kurokawa. He is also the guy who came up with the idea of the capsule hotels as well, which is a variant on on this structure. So, like those those little hotel rooms where essentially you crawl in and you might be able to sit in a spot or two, and otherwise you're just like stuck in a torpedo tube. Yeah, wait for the order to fire. Yeah. <laughs> Fire me at the Genesis plant, will ya? <laughs> Just those circular windows make it look like it's a big, um, you know, like dishwasher, or not a dishwasher, like a like a clothes washing machine or something, or dryer. It's you're gonna yeah. live in a dryer. Oh, it's why not? If, if the dryer if the dryer is deep enough, <laughs> and it's unplugged first, so it won't tumble me around. Oh, I like a good tumble in the dryer. Although, actually. It, tumbles if it tumbles slowly and without heat that could be a decent massage thinking mm. about it mm. oh, you know if you're bedridden or something this will you require know, some experimentation if you're bedridden you don't want to get you know, a bed sores you could be inside there it just rolls you all day you'll get bed sores yeah exactly <laughs> perfect for hospital patients then oh yeah let's uh i'm sure we'll get right on that we'll start putting people in there <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think we're onto something. Re this is our idea first. Patented already. I if, patented it already. The paperwork's in. If you're infirm and listen to Rare Encounter, this might be the story for you. <laughs> oh, man. So I had a few other things on the docket for today, but I think we're going to pass them over. Yeah, but I, I'm cutting you stuff too. Yeah. have brought us something... You've, you've brought us something that obviously needs to be discussed because it involves our favorite tuber. <laughs> yeah, I've got the uh, potatoes. Man, listen, cold acid. Yeah. Let me tell you, I got the potatoes. This, uh, this is Give a, us those potatoes. This is a story from potatopro.com where we get all our good news. Uh, this is a story you won't hear on Grumpy Old Beds, uh, which is the, uh, it's the Hebrew University of Jerusalem Research uh, did some, well, I, I suppose research, Jerusalem research, on potatoes. And they uh, they had a story in potatopro.com. It caught my eye. I said, oh, this is cool. I, I actually went and read some of the papers involved. And it was on detecting potatoes in distress. It's uh, kind of an in interesting take. In distress. In distress. And what's the chemistry of a potato in distress? Or a plant in distress? And it, it actually has all these topics associated with like intercell signaling inside plants and stuff. And I, I actually read like two different white papers or two different published papers on this crap. Uh, it was really interesting. And so the bottom line is that what they, they did is they got a, um, a gene put into a potato plant. And this is, you know, the leafy part of the potato plant, not the potato part of the potato plant. Um, and they have yeah. it set up and coded. So it makes a fluorescent protein inside there. Uh, inside the chloroplast of the plant and the amount of fluorescence that it has and i'm talking about fluorescence like in the chemical sense is the the amount of fluorescence it has depends on the amount of let's just say the amount of um well it's uh it, it what they call uh i don't know if i want to go into it all here they call it reactive oxygen species but let's just say that it's um hydrogen peroxide is eventually what ends up in the plant and so what happens is if you have a plant, some plants, um, and it turns out it works for a lot of different plants, when they monitor the biology of the plant when it's in distress, like if it's 
too hot out or if the sun's uh, beating down or it doesn't have water or, uh, all these or if you go up to the plant and start cutting it um, within it looks like half an hour of of that event um, of it being in distress it actually releases um, inside in between the cells of the plants um, these different chemicals that you can detect and it turns out that the way they're detecting them now is they have this fluorescent uh, this fluorescent uh, protein that lights up when when the when the oh geez hydrogen peroxide is uh is nearby anyway the bottom line is they can get these genetically engineered plants and put them in a uh like a fluorescence imager and take pictures of the plants and you they can find out if it's distressed or not the idea is that you could have a helicopter that flies over the field of all the potato plants and look down on it and say are these plants in distress? Is there, if there was a drought, say there was no irrigation in an area, you could look down at it with a, a fluorescence uh, detector, detecting camera, and I guess a black light on the bottom of the helicopter, and you'd see, oh, that's a spot where the water isn't getting to, and you could detect these problems uh, before, they, uh, before they kill your uh, potato plants. So, all in all, it was a cool little, little dive. There's, uh, there's a neat picture of the, uh, the equipment they use with the, the potatoes in the vessel, and there's a picture on the computer screen of the, uh, of the, uh, the amount of fluorescence in the plant, you know. Um, unfortunately... Potato, potato, wherefore art thou potato? <laughs> I think they harmed potatoes in the making of this uh, report, by the way, because I think they were, ended up cutting plants. Oh, poor potatoes. They were, they were uh, not, not watering them. You know, they were... It was terrible. They were torturing them for science. Torturing potatoes for science. What's this university? These, of these people. These these yeah these these people at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem are the mangala of potato plants. Oh boy! Wow, we're we're diving into a lot of different things here. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yeah, I'm. I was. I am totally going to hell now. I, I, I'm sure that Messiah has already put out Hit Squad on me at this point. Uh, uh, well, let me put a stomp on that. Yeah, there we go. And uh, so I call that potatoes and the smell of fear. That was it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, what do we have for wrap-up? The last thing I was going to... Well, I'll skip everything else. There's nothing important. I'm looking down. Little local news updates. Yeah, we don't care about that. We'll skip it all. We'll punt... Until next yeah, week. Yeah, there, there was that thing. There was a thing about that, uh, that bullshit renter's choice, and it looks like that's not happening now. Oh yeah, the mayor vetoed it, and it doesn't look like it. The veto is going to be beat. Yeah, they. And actually, that's from your articles are old. I looked at that article that you put in your notes about that, and it's from like over a week ago. Um, I don't think it was that old. I, uh, oh yeah, it says five. Dude, it was old. I pulled it off from, uh, I, I saw the news in the Baltimore Sun too, a similar thing. May 20. Yeah. May wow. 20, dude. That's like. Oh, I must have given the wrong link then. Oh, well, we're not going to get into that, but it sounds like the thing is dead, hopefully. Yeah. Anyway. Which the, is good, because a, that was bullshit. A key thing to, uh, to think about is that this so-called renter's choice was not in effect when I was renting this apartment and I still had the choice. But uh, until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. Bravo! I've been Cold Acid. Catch you later.